Everybody say Mephibosheth. Say Mephibosheth. Say it seven times real fast. So the Gibeonites said, hey, deliver all those that are still alive from the past king that messed us over. And David did that, but, but there was one that he spared. The one that he spared, his name is what? Say Mephibosheth. Who is he? The son of Jonathan, whose Jonathan is the son of Saul. Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, or the grandson of King Saul. Part of the family. Because, why? Because of the Lord's oath that was between them. What oath? Between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. Today I want to share with you probably one of my favorite Old Testament stories ever that means so much to me even throughout my life that has continued to develop in my life. It's a story of God's amazing grace. I want to minister to you from the shack to the king's table. Somebody say from the shack. Say from the shack to the king's table. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your presence that's been so delicious. I thank God for everybody's presence in this room and for my wife's presence. It means everything to me. But Lord, your presence does something that no human being's presence can do. So Lord, as you put this message in my heart, I ask that you would just come again and just literally let your presence sit on this place. Lord, just as I prayed in my prayer time this morning, save someone that needs to be rescued. Let the life preserver be put on them today, those that are drowning, those that are broken, those that are hurting, those that are in need, those that are bound by the lies of the enemy, they will be delivered today. They will be healed today. They will be rescued today by your presence in this place. Father, confirm your word with signs following. And everybody said, everybody said, I want to talk to you about Mephibosheth. Say it one more time. Say Mephibosheth. I want to present to you the story of this valuable young man named Mephibosheth. What I just read to you again, and bear with me as I seem a little herky-jerky, what we just read is King David is king. And again, when a king becomes king, you usually kill off the past king's family. You don't want any anarchy. You don't want anybody to rise back up and divide the kingdom. And that's what they did back then. And even in this moment as David was cleaning house, because David is now king. Saul was the king before him. And we know how that worked out. And Saul hated David. Once everybody started shouting after he killed Goliath, hey, David has killed 10,000. Saul, you've killed thousands. The Bible says that, that Saul was filled with the word is chara in, 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 in the Hebrew. It means he was, he is where we get charcoal from. He burned with jealousy concerning David. So David is now king, and, and we know that Saul attacked the Philistines and, and killed the Gibeonites, and a lot of things took place. And in this passage, 
He's going, what's going on? Why is the blessings not flowing in the land? And the problem is there's still some contamination. And, and they say, we want you to deliver the rest of Saul's house to us. We don't want money. We don't want anything. We want him taken out. But the Bible tells us that King David decided to spare one little fellow. His name is Mephibosheth. Why would David do this? Who exactly is Mephibosheth? Again, grab this. Mephibosheth is King Saul's son's son. Mephibosheth is King Saul's grandson, Jonathan. Everybody say Jonathan. Jonathan's son is Mephibosheth. Again, King Saul was taken out and David became king. What I want you to understand is Mephibosheth had something very tragic happen to him. Listen to this. When King Saul was king, right before everything went down, at the end of King Saul's reign, King Saul and Jonathan and his other sons were out in battle against the Philistines. The Bible tells us why they were out in battle, they were being taken out. Jonathan, Mephibosheth's dad, gets killed. Saul is about to be killed, and the Bible says he basically kills himself and falls on his sword and dies. When this happens, word gets back to the palace where five-year-old Mephibosheth is living, the grandson of the king, Jonathan's son. Word gets back to the king's palace and says, hey, the Philistines are coming. They're coming to take over the king's palace. The Bible tells us that that day Mephibosheth was being watched by a nurse, a babysitter, if you will, taking care of five-year-old Mephibosheth. And when word got back to the palace that they're about to be raided, the palace went in hysteria and began, everybody began to flee out of the palace. And the Bible tells us that this nurse picked up five-year-old Mephibosheth and began to run out of the palace. And while she went down the palace steps, she tripped and fell. And Mephibosheth was crippled from that point on. His legs were forever crippled from that point on. From that day on, Mephibosheth could not walk. So here we are now. Let's fast forward to back to now this moment of, that I opened up with. Mephibosheth, the nurse fled to a place called Lodabar. The nurse took Mephibosheth. He's now 20 years old. He has been hiding out in Lodabar in fear waiting to be killed. If you will, he's a fugitive. Everybody in the family's dead. He deserves to die. He's living in fear. The word Lodabar, everybody say Lodabar. So the word Lodabar, I looked it up. It means place of no hope. It means total desolation. It means Yeah.
able to walk from that moment that he was dropped down the stairs the Bible says he was lame in his feet David is now king and then this happens in 2nd Samuel 9 check it out now David said is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness and the word kindness is mercy Hasid why for Jonathan's sake who's Jonathan Mephibosheth's dad who got killed in battle with granddad right but David all of a sudden is there anyone left I believe everybody's dead but is there anybody left that I may show kindness on behalf of Jonathan's sake and there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba somebody say Ziba come on say Ziba with me so when they called Ziba to David the king said to Ziba are you Ziba he said at your service then the king said is there not still somebody see King David was remembering Ziba is there still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness and Ziba says to the king yeah there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet so the king said to Ziba where is he and Ziba said to the king indeed he's in the house of Makar the son of Amiel he's living out in the slums he is in the, the place you would never want to live or take your family or be raised in called Lodabar and then King David sent and brought Mephibosheth out of the house of Makar the son of Amiel from Lodabar why did King David do this why would King David even give a rip about this mess it's because long ago now going back about 15 or 20 years something happened out in a field see Jonathan and David were best friends King Saul hated it that his son was friends with who has now become everybody saying David should be king no I'm king I don't care that he killed Goliath I don't care how I'm King Saul and King Saul hated that his son was best friends with David as a young shepherd boy and when he would come and play at the palace for King Saul to soothe devils the Bible tells us that one day while David was running in fear because if they get caught together they're both gonna die the Bible tells us so they they planned it and they met out in a field and he was with Saul's son why did King David show mercy and why did King David say is there anybody left that I can show mercy to because he was with Saul's son Jonathan and they made a covenant promise to each other they made a covenant promise to each other 1 Samuel chapter 20 tells us of a conversation that Jonathan and David have out in the field. Jonathan is talking to David and he's saying, and you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I'm still alive, but David, please, when you become king, don't cut off your kindness to my house. 
Please remember my family when you become king. See, even Jonathan knew the will of the Lord. Because he was set up to be king, but he wasn't jealous. Because when you know God's will, you got to let it go. He said, not every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant. Somebody say covenant. With the house of David saying, let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. Now Jonathan again caused David to vow. Why? Because Jonathan and David loved each other. For he lo Jonathan loved him as he loved his own soul. So they met out in the fear, out in the fear, with great fear that if dad finds out, I'm in big trouble. If King Saul finds out that we're even talking, but Jonathan and David that day made a covenant with each other. And Jonathan saying, David, basically, when you become king, would you please remember my family, my immediate family? Would you show mercy to my family when you see them? And this is why David, 15 years later, says, wait a minute. I remember I made a covenant. And he says, is there anybody still left from the house of Saul that I may show kindness to? And they said, there's one. His name is Mephibosheth. Oh, forget about him, King David. He ain't worth anything. He ain't bothering anybody. The boy's crippled. He can't even walk. He's living and hiding out in Lodabar. And David says, go get him. I want to quickly pause and by the Holy Spirit the Lord spoke to me bring out some points that relate to us with Mephibosheth in our own life concerning our own stories of grace that is given from God toward us number one check it out Mephibosheth was in a miserable condition in Lodabar the name Mephibosheth means shame the name Mephibosheth means shame Mephibosheth is unworthy. He's not worth anything. He's not valuable there. He has nothing to give, nothing to offer. Why would the king want anything to do with him? You see, the first point I want to make, do you understand that we are all Mephibosheths? Every single person in this place, you are broken without God. You are Mephibosheth. There, there, there's no reason why God would want anything to do with me in my miserable condition, living, crippled, broken, unworthy. The king doesn't even need to show me attention. I'm in Lodabar. Not worth anything. My name even means shameful. What you also got to understand, number two, is Mephibosheth, again, is the enemy of the king. He's the king's enemy. He's part of the house of Saul, Satan. He doesn't deserve, he deserves death. He deserves to die like the rest of Saul's house deserved. He's an enemy of the king. Understand, today, we're all enemies of the king. Every single one of us are the sons of Adam. 
We're of the house of Adam. Every one of us, just like Mephibosheth, deserves to die. Before God, we're all hiding, just like Adam and Eve hid. You see, Mephibosheth was hiding from David, but truthfully, David was not hiding from his enemy. Only Mephibosheth had this fear toward the king that if the king ever found out where I was and what I am, I'm as good as dead. We are all enemies, the Bible tells us, of God. Romans 5 says, now hope does not disappoint. Check it out. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for Mephibosheth. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God, somebody say, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath, the king, through him. For if when we were what? Enemies. For if when we were enemies, we were what? Reconciled to God through the death of Jonathan, Jesus. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Somebody say Jesus. So you got to understand that Mephibosheth became lame through a fall. Mephibosheth became lame and crippled and broken through a fall. That's us. All of us became lame through Adam's fall. Through another man's fall. I looked up the house of Makar. That's where he's staying at. I don't know who the dude is. I tried to find out more information. But it actually means sold. S-O-L-D. We were all sold into slavery in Lodabar. We all became lame broken and bruised because and through a fall. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every person in this place became lame through a fall. But look at John 6.44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And what will I do? I'm going to raise him up at the last day. See, one thing that we've got to get rid of, especially the last 20 years, is God doesn't come to mow you down. He comes to raise you up. We presented a God that is just waiting to just strike you down. And man, Pastor Wayne, the love of God has been here. The whole service is so strong. Even if you're a visitor today, I guess, God whistled and brought you here. Because so many people, they don't know my daddy. They really don't know God. They've been presented a gospel or presented a church or a religion. God loves you more than you can ever imagine. He isn't waiting 
with some big stick just waiting to beat you, to punish you and embarrass you. Does it come to mow you down? God has come. Jesus was sent to raise you up. Because he was raised up, we can be raised up. Come on, somebody. But the second thing that grabbed me about, we all became lame through a fall. Mephibosheth had nothing to do with his condition. Somebody else dropped him. He's actually very angry. Because he had nothing to do with his condition. He used to live at five years old. He had everything you could ever imagine. He had the latest toys in the king's palace. Anything could ever imagine. Now he's a scavenger. He's running. He's crippled. And it's not even his fault because somebody else dropped him. There are so many people in society today that are broken and crippled because somebody dropped you. Somebody dropped you. It could have been a parent, a, a mom, a dad, an ex-husband, a boyfriend, a friend, and dare I say even a pastor. That somewhere something happened and you were dropped and left in a condition that you think you have to live with, can I tell you, the devil is a liar. If you've been dropped, there's an answer. If you've been hurt, broken, beyond repair, there is an answer. His name is Jesus. Matthew 12, 20 says, a bruised reed he will not break. Smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. Did you know God is for you? No, I'm not talking about a religious response. God is for you. When you ain't even for yourself. I said when you ain't even for yourself. When you're even angry and mad at God. Now, I, I'm not talking to those that got everything perfect, but have you ever been mad at God for your condition? Why did this happen to me? Why did I end up like this? Why was I born like this? Why did I so happen to be right here at this moment and this happened in my life? I don't have all the answers and I never act like I do as a pastor. Too many pastors try to act like they have the answers, and if that's the case, we'll never look at the answer. But I do know one thing, especially after the last few years I've walked through, only those that have been greatly hurt can be greatly used by God. You see, I don't want to listen to somebody who hadn't been through some stuff. Help me, somebody. I, 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 you know, uh, God bless you, but I don't want to listen unless you have walked through some stuff. Until you live in Lodabar, don't tell me about nothing. Until you've been broken and been in the place where you don't even want to live, I don't want to hear it. But I've been in Lodabar. I've lived there. Some of you are living right now in Lodabar. 
So look what happens next. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 5, going back to the story. King David sent and brought Mephibosheth from where? Lodabar, the house of Makar, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. The next point I want to tell you, Mephibosheth was called by the king. Mephibosheth didn't call for the king. The king called for Mephibosheth. Broken, messed up, worthless in the eyes of everybody. Who even gives a rip? The king does. The king told Ziba, go get Mephibosheth. This, who you're telling, in Lodabar. Again, notice David sought for Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth did not seek the king. It was a sovereign choice. On purpose, a personal call from the king. You see, God always brings and calls for us to come back home. God always comes after us in our Lodabar. Even if we're cussing him. Oh, I don't need some church folk that church at me now, right now. I'm just telling you right now. Even when we're even in a way, I don't want him to touch me. First of all, he's going to kill me. That's why he wants me. He's going to embarrass me. It's going to hurt me worse. I've been dropped once. I can't handle it again. You've been presented the wrong view of the king. You understand, your granddaddy ain't king no more. There's a new king. There's a new king on the throne. Things are different now. Come on, somebody. It's God who says, hey, come follow me. It's God who says, hey, come unto me. All that are ready to give up, heavy laden and burden, and you'll find rest in me. He says, learn of me, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Perhaps we've learned from the wrong people. Perhaps we've been taught from the wrong pulpit. That's why Jesus said, and that's why we're preaching Jesus culture right now, we need to put our eyes back on Jesus. Not on the pulpit. Not on the preacher. Not on anybody but Jesus. Put your eyes on the real thing. He's perfect theology. He's everything that we need. I will fail you as a pastor. I'm a man of God. Don't get me wrong. I am a man of God. But I'm not perfect. There is only one that will never fail you. We used to sing the song in the 80s, Jesus never fails. Can I tell somebody, a lot of folk had failed me in Lodabar, but Jesus will never, never, never fail you. And can I tell you, he won't drop you. So how does God reach us? How did King David go get Mephibosheth? Second Samuel tells us that 
King David said, again, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan? Somebody say Jonathan. See, he doesn't have a clue what happened in the field 15 years ago. He doesn't even, he doesn't have a clue what happened. And David said, is there anybody I can show favor to? And there's a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. Ziba's pretty, by the way. So when they called him to David, the king said, are you Ziba? She said, at your service. Then the king said, hey, is there still not someone of the house of Satan, Saul? To whom I may show kindness to on behalf of a covenant I made out in a field a few years ago to Jonathan. And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. So the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Makar, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then, Dave, then King David sent and brought him, Mephibosheth, out of the house of Makar, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. So King David sends Ziba to go get Mephibosheth. Somebody say Ziba. Say Mephibosheth. So King David says, go, Ziba, go get Mephibosheth out of Lodabar. You see, God, again, always comes after us. He, he, Abraham was in Ur when God got him. Moses was in Midian. The Ethiopian was riding on his chariot that day when God showed up out of nowhere and chased him down through Philip. Zacchaeus, he was hanging out in a tree when Jesus came to him. You see, God will come to you. God will come to you. You ain't got to come to him. He doesn't need you to try to get up. He, he will come. He was in Zeba. By the way, do you know who Zeba represents? The Holy Spirit. God will send the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine that day as Zeba knocked on that door? And Mephibosheth, scared out of his mind, frightened, he knew 15 years later, I knew this day was coming. I knew that the king was coming and going to say, off with my head. I know he's terrorized. He, he said, well, it's been a good 15 years I've been hiding out. But I knew this day was coming when the king that I have an image of that wants to kill me, the wrong image of the king. I know that this day was coming that his men were going to come knock on my door and take me. The fear, the anxiety mixed with anger. I'm so mad at life. I'm angry. Ziba comes in with the men and gets a hold of Mephibosheth and carries him. He resists and resists because he knows what's coming. He can't even get up and walk. He can't even get up and run because of his condition. He finally stops resisting. The Holy Spirit will come after you even when you're filled with fear and anger. The Holy Spirit will come to your Lodabar. See, God will come after you in Lodabar. God will come after you in your Lodabar. So they take him to the king and this is what happens next. Second Samuel, you can imagine, he's, he knows this is my moment. King David's 
This is it. I'm the last one left of the house of Saul, the house of Adam, the one who deserves death. Second Samuel says, no, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come before David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. And then David said, Mephibosheth. Now I got to stop there because the king knew his name. See, God knows you by your name, not by your shame. I'm going to say it again. God knows you by your name, not by your shame. God knows the real you. Maybe life, maybe life has dressed you, broken you, dirtied you. Where you feel like I'm ashamed, but God loves you. God isn't mad at you, he's mad about you. In your dirty, broken state, he knows your name. One of the greatest moments of my life at times is when I am in a broken place and I hear God call my name. I wish I could get a witness. When I hear God call me Scott, and then afterward, three words follow, I love you. So he falls before the king, and the king says, Mephibosheth. Now let me also point out, the only way the king can spare you is you submit to him. The only way, and this is tough for, for this creation, this creature, to bow before the king. But the only way that you can come to the king is in a place of submission. You may be the toughest, baddest dude in the world. The biggest muscles. But the only way you can come to the father is through the king. And to lay down before him and present yourself to him. He answered the king. David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. But look at what King David said to him next. 2 Samuel 9. So the king then looks at Mephibosheth and says to him, do not fear. Are you kidding me? I'm supposed to die. Swing to the New Testament. Every time Jesus walked up on a situation, almost every time in a bad situation, those three words came out of his mouth. Don't fear. I'm telling y'all, I've been in the place of fear. Anybody else? I've felt hell around my neck when I was walking through some things even for my family. Well, one night in my room, I literally felt the hands of hell come and grab me and try to put such fear on me. Because when you don't know who you are, and when you don't know the real king, but you've been presented one your whole life at your church, you will have an image of a king that will say, off with your head, boy. Like the rest of them. But King David, 
looks at Mephibosheth who deserves death of the house of Saul. Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness. Why? Not because of you, but because of your daddy Jonathan, of what happened out in the field earlier, many years ago. You see, here he is living in Lodabar for 15 years in fear because he didn't know there was a covenant. He didn't know that something went down a few years ago that he didn't have to live in Lodabar. How many folk are living in Lodabar when you're meant for the palace? But if you don't know the covenant that God made with Jesus, oh, come on, somebody. You will live your life going to church in Lodabar. And Lod the first church of Lodabar, you don't want to go to that church. Because you'll be taught if it's about your performance and not about a covenant. The first church in Lodabar would teach you religion. The king's palace will put a crown on you when you don't deserve it. So he says, I will restore to you the land of, of Saul. Oh, you're going to get back what you lost. You see that? You're going to get all your inheritance. And you shall eat bread and chicken and greens and potato salad and biscuits from Bojangles. Y'all don't hear me. I'm messing with you now, ain't I? David says, hey, boy, you're going to eat at my table continually. You see that? It says continually. Then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon a dog as I? Uh-oh, we got to fix that mentality. You've been living the Lodabar too long, son. You think yourself as a dog. How many believers are sitting in church living like a dog, eating the crumbs in Lodabar? And the king called the Holy Spirit, Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul, to all this house. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's sons may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, what's up with him? He shall eat bread. Come on, he shall eat bread, Jesus, at my table. Somebody say, always. Come on, red lobster cheese biscuits, always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Somebody say from the shack to the king's table. And Mephibosheth also had a son whose name was Micah and all who dwelt in the house of Ziba. Ziba was, was a servant to Mephibosheth. The Holy Spirit comes to serve you and to help you. So Mephibosheth says he dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate continually at the king's table 
But I need you to look at the last part. Why did they have to remind us of the last part? Look, look at the last part of the scripture. He ate at the king's table continually. And don't forget, he was lame in both of his feet. Now, why did they have to go and tell me that again? You see, maybe you're not getting it. The king received Mephibosheth in his brokenness. He sat him at the table and made him a son while he's crippled. Isn't it awesome that God receives us in our mess? I wish I could get somebody that God comes after us and brings us to the table. Yeah, but, but, but pastor, you don't understand. I'm broken. I'm crushed. You don't get it. His condition is covered at the king's table. When you come to the king's table, you don't see his condition. His condition is covered. When you come to God, when you come to God at the king's table, he will cover you. Your brokenness, your anger, it's okay. It's okay. The king receives you when you're angry, when you're upset. He removes you from the land of hurt to the land of promise. He rescues you in your brokenness to bring healing in your life. You see again, listen to this one statement. All of this was done because of a covenant made a long time ago. All of this was done because something happened between Jonathan and David out in the field. Can I tell you, on a cross, 2,000 years ago, he who knew no sin became your load of our mess. Your brokenness, your sin, your crippledness, your anger, your hurt, your confusion concerning your sexuality, your addiction was put so that Jesus could give you freedom and life. There was a covenant made between God and his son so that you and I could come before the king without fear. You see, I'm done. Today, this room is filled with Mephibosheths. Some of us are at the table. There's many in this room, you've been living in Lodabar. Been living thinking this is the way you know that old hymn whatever my lot and that's a good hymn but sometimes we have this messed up mentality well I guess we have a fatalistic mentality well I guess this was meant for my life I better just suck it up buttercup and deal with it 
in your living in Lodabar when there's a seat at the king's table. And the king is coming after you today. Ooh, yes, he is. And I, I want to tell somebody, you may resist, but it's hard to outrun God's love. Once you understand that Ziba is not coming after you to get you killed, that the love of God has been poured abroad in our hearts by Ziba, by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5. That God is coming after you in your condition, in your addiction, in your mess, and he's bringing your, in your brokenness to the king's table. Today, so simple. If you're a Mephibosheth, if you're living in Lodabar, bring the lights up right here if you would. If you're living in Lodabar today, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart to do. You don't have to live in Lodabar.